But anyway, we got invited to this pool party in the hills. And I was like, ooh, that sounds fun and empty. When we got there, little did we know, it was a whole music video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was like, wait. So <laughs> there's this music video. You can see it on YouTube. Um, so if you watch the video, you'll see me in there, me and my friend and then the other girl who invited us there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I can't believe you were holding out and didn't mention that story. That's amazing. You, so you were in a music video. I'm going to look that up once we're done recording. I was a little, I was an extra. We were all extras in the pool, but you see like snapshots of us. That's so cool. Hello, hello! Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Marlisa as a guest. And I'm also excited because this episode, episode 101, is the first brand new episode with a brand new guest that I've been able to put out since going on hiatus last year. So welcome back to y'all and welcome back to me as well. (laughs) And before I tell you about Marlisa, I do have two things to touch on that I didn't get a chance to mention in the uh, fifth anniversary episode that I put out last month. So When I was talking about good things that happened during my hiatus, one thing I left out was that Tura from episode 72, she actually checked in on me, which I thought was so nice. She emailed me back in the spring and I guess I had crossed her mind and she probably noticed that (laughs) new episodes of Young, Gifted, and Abroad hadn't been coming out in a while. So she just emailed me to see how I was doing and Um, That was really touching. meant a lot to me. So thanks, Tura, for caring. And then also, um, Irene from episode four, my dear friend Irene, she completed her PhD. And I got to watch her uh, dissertation defense virtually. And then I also got to watch her commencement ceremony virtually. And she gave a speech that I edited. She actually asked me to... Um, edit her commencement speech which I was I felt really honored that she trusted me and my way with words enough to help her with that and now I can call my friend Irene doctor because she has her PhD Um, so congrats to you Irene and thanks again for allowing me to help so speaking of doctors this month's guest Marlisa is actually in medical school We met last year at the farewell dinner for our mutual friend Marley from episode 19 (laughs) who moved away for grad school and at that dinner I learned that Marlisa was in medical school and that she had studied abroad in Jamaica and she learned that I have this podcast so (laughs) so I was like you know um, if you're interested I can hit you up next year and see if we can arrange something. And that's what we did. Me getting to interview her was my first time really getting to have um, a full conversation with Marlisa in a long time. So I'm really glad to have the opportunity to do that. 
As I mentioned, she's in med school at Michigan State University, which is my alma mater, but Marlisa's undergraduate alma mater is actually the University of Michigan, where she started out studying nursing before she realized that she actually wanted to become a doctor and specifically to pursue her lifelong uh, dream of becoming a pediatrician. So that's what she's working on right now. But during that time when she was an undergrad, she was presented with the opportunity to participate in a research program to Jamaica. The program was focused on minority health disparities and um, specifically Marlisa and a colleague of hers also from U of M worked under a pediatric researcher in Jamaica who focused on um, women and children. So that's where Marlisa spent a summer in undergrad. And even though she was excited about this opportunity to go abroad and also get some research experience that would look good on her med school applications, she uh, explained to me that things didn't pan out exactly uh, the way she had envisioned as far as the research side of things go. Um, but as far as enjoying her time, she did plenty of that. <laughs> Exploring the island and, and just getting to know uh, Jamaican culture and Jamaican people. And it's an experience that she still values and remembers fondly to this day. So I'll let her be the one to tell you all about that and also about her cake business. I forgot to mention she's a baker as well, uh, which is super cool. <laughs> So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Marlisa Granderson. Well, it's nice to talk to you again. <laughs> it's been a long time. I know. How are you doing? I am surviving. <laughs> I just took my step one exam last week. It was eight hours and 280 questions, so. Oh, my goodness. to be done with that, so I'm on summer break until the end of August. Okay, awesome. Is there a break in between those eight hours? Uh, so, they give you almost an hour's worth of break, and you use it as you want. So, I did take, like, six breaks. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so, so you can, like, you have an allotted amount of time, but you can, like, break it up mm -hmm. how you, Okay. Interesting. Yes. Um, and for people like me who don't know anything about the medical field, what is the step one exam about? <laughs> it's basically covering all the basic medical sciences. So like immunology, microbiology, pathology, physiology, and like all the systems from the heart to the lungs, everything. So you basically have to know a lot about a lot. <laughs> okay. But I studied for maybe like three months, eight hours a day. So oh my gosh. I'm hoping and praying that it pays off. I haven't gotten my results yet, but it's past fail. So that's the good part. Not as much pressure. Yeah, we're going to hope and pray that you passed. I'm sure you did an awesome job. Is there like a step? I don't know why I'm hung up on this. <laughs> Is there a step two? Like, step one makes me think there's a step two exam, or is that just what it's called, <laughs> yes, okay. step one? <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, so you have a step two. No, there's a step two and a step three. So step two is next year, and then step three is after the first year of residency. Wow. 
Good on you. <laughs> I know you're working really hard, even <laughs> as someone who doesn't, again, doesn't know anything about the medical field. But um, yeah, I'm glad that you have uh, this break to enjoy until August, right? You said? Yeah, the end of August. End of August. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for making time in your break to talk to me. I appreciate you agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Why don't we go ahead and get started? With you introducing yourself a bit, if you don't mind. Okay, sure. So, my name is Marlisa Granderson. Um, right now, I am a second year medical student. I'm heading into my third year. Um, I'm from Canton, Michigan, which, if you're not from Michigan, that's maybe 30 to 40 minutes from Detroit, Michigan. Hmm. Um, let's see, I went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, for undergrad. Um, where I studied nursing, actually, and then over halfway into my nursing school curriculum, I was like, I want to go to med school. Not that nursing was great, but I was just like, you know, I feel the call to, like, be a pediatrician. So after nursing school, I did a post back, and then after a few cycles, I got into med school. Hmm. And then I guess just some fun facts about me. I love to travel. I think it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm. If I had the cash, I would probably travel once a month. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) And then I also love to bake in my free time. What little free time I have these days. Um, I would say my favorite cake to eat is red velvet. My favorite cake to bake is like a, it's this three-layered strawberry shortcake. Mm. I've been doing a little bit of that during my break and, you know, for the 4th of July, our family took out. So that's fun. And then I also love to read. So trying to get back to that after being in school. For nice. So just some fun facts about me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. You're a med school future doctor, but also a baker. And you like to read. You sound like a really well-rounded person. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I try, I try. (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, you really like to travel. And I know that you um, did a, like, a research abroad program to Jamaica when you were at U of M, right? Yes. So, So how did that come about? So, I kind of say I stumbled into the opportunity. So this was back in 2015, so that would have been my fourth year, I believe, Mm. of nursing school. And then at that point, I knew I wanted to do med school, but I wasn't really actively preparing for that. And so one day, this um, girl who was about a year older than me, like I ran into her, I see her around U of M a lot. And I don't know how we got into a conversation about this program, but she basically told me about it, and she recommended that I apply. It's called um, MERT, which stands for the Minority Health and Health Disparities Research Program. Huh. And it was basically through the School of Public Health at University of Michigan. So I knew nothing about it, but I went on the site, and I was like, oh, this sounds fun, and an opportunity to get into research, which I had never had research experience before. Huh. So I was like, I get to travel and I get the research experience that I know I'll need for med school. Sign me up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like that week, I think I put in the application because the deadline was only, I think at that point, only one or two weeks away. So I hurried up and applied to 
and they had different sites listed, so I applied to my top two sites and just hoped that I got selected for one of them. Mm-hmm. And so you ended up going to Jamaica, right? Yes. Um, yes. What was the other, your top two, what was the other uh, place that you had wanted to go? So the other one, I was debating about Colombia or Ghana. So it was between Colombia, Jamaica, and Ghana. Okay. And I believe there was one other site, but I think I was leaning towards Ghana as my second choice. So I applied to that one, and then I listed Colombia too. But um, Jamaica was my top choice because I think we could rank it. So just wanting to go there, like I had never been to the Caribbean before. Okay. So that plus the project there sounded interesting because the project there was working with the developmental pediatrician in Jamaica. Mm. And I knew I was interested in pediatrics. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like it. Um, at this point, had you been out of the country before? Um, I had been, but not for an extended period of time. It was more so like for a family trip or for a cruise once. So okay. I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> okay. I mean, it counts. <laughs> international is still international, you know. Um, yeah, that's true. So you got into this uh, research program to Jamaica. How long was this program? It was 12 weeks, so I got accepted in February of 2015, mm-hmm. and so you have the pre-trip stuff that you had to do, and then the trip was May to August, and then you had stuff to do after the trip. So the whole program was from February to December, Oh wow! in Jamaica, I only spent from May to August. May to August. So you spent the summer in Jamaica? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What were, you said there were like pre-trip things that you had to do. Do you remember what that involved? Yes. So me and the other girl who got selected, she was a postdoc student and she was Jamaican American. So that helped for the trip too. But Mm -hmm. so we both worked on like what we were going to actually research in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So we kind of prepped for that, like learning about Jamaica itself, more so for me. Um, learning about the site there and then working on, yeah, just what we were going to research while we were in Jamaica. Although once we got there, the whole entire research plan changed, Mm. but that's what we worked on before we went for two months or so. Gotcha. How did your plans end up changing once you arrived in Jamaica? Well, it sounded like, so from what I remember, this was like eight years ago, mm-hmm. there wasn't major communication between the researcher in Jamaica and who we were working with here at U of M in the States. Okay. So I don't know if she necessarily approved what we were researching. So when we got there, she's like, no, I want you to do this because she already had research planned already. Like she had this whole program that she wanted us to work on. Mm-hmm. So we had to be flexible. And change it up. So we ended up working on her project called JA Kids, which for me, I love since, you know, I love working with kids. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind the change, the last minute change. Do you remember what your initial um, research interest was? That is a good question. Um, I think it was based on women's health and like women's rights in Jamaica. Mm. Um, we were kind of brainstorming different topics that we wanted to talk about 
but that was one of the top topics that we had in mind. But once we got there to Jamaica, the switch was kind of related, but not related. We switched to talking about violence against women and children in Jamaica and Hmm. comparing that to other countries, like the statistics. And I remember you when you messaged me, you said something like the research you ended up doing was somewhat uh, surface level. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm curious about that. I mean, did you feel limited in what you were able to do? or Yeah, I guess I'm just curious as to why you uh, described it that way. Um, so, I guess going in, I had like a preconceived idea of what research would look like because I had never done it before. Mm-hmm. But once we got there, like like I said, she already had a plan in mind, so she just wanted us to execute it. So she wanted us to do like a literature review, like find different studies about like violence against women and children and compare that with low and middle income countries. Like mm. compare those to statistics with Jamaica. And I guess to just come up with potential strategies to help with that like to combat the violence against women and children mm-hmm. so it's more so like a literature review and a little bit of field slash groundwork and data entry and data collection so okay it was more so based on like the first steps of research and i guess in my head i thought it would you know go a little bit deeper but it probably would work out for the better since i had no research at the time mm-hmm. Okay, so you thought you would be, like, more mm, hands-on, maybe, or more out in the field, and it it didn't end up being that way. Okay, yeah, I can see how that might be, um, like you said, more on the surface than you were expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, though, because you mentioned, you know, how you, you know, you had this interest, or still have this interest in pediatrics, you really like working with kids. Uh, Like, have you always been that way, like, interested in working with children or just being really good with children in general? I would say so. Like from a very young age, maybe like three or four, I told my parents, you know, when kids dream about what they want to be. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, when I was three or four, I've always told my parents I want to be a pediatrician. Mm-hmm. So I've always like gravitated towards other kids or as I've gotten older, like taking care of kids, babysitting, the mm-hmm. whole nine yards. So I would say it's definitely something I knew earlier. I kind of ventured away from that in high school and college, but I came back around to what I originally wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so great that you were able to um, circle back to like what your true passion has has always been. And oh, yeah, for the Jamaica trip, I forgot to ask how many like how many people were there in this program. You know, besides you, uh, the person that you already kind of had a, that you were working with on your um, your initial research interests, you know, how many people were in this program with you to Jamaica? So it was just me and her. And then we had like a lead above us. She was based in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But as far as students, it was just me and her. And like in the whole entire program, there was basically like, two to three students for each site. Oh, but, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was very small. Yeah, I would say there was maybe 10 of us. Yeah, and like four 
sites. Wow. Okay. All right. I think in my head, I thought it would be like maybe a larger group there with you at the same time, but okay. That's interesting. You know, uh, I know you said you were like doing, like looking through a lot of like the literature and and doing data entry and things like that. But do you remember uh, anything else about like what your day-to-day was like while you were in Jamaica? Yes. Yeah, so day-to-day, I, me and my colleague, we would wake up and then we would go to the office um, where the pediatrician's research team was based, so the JA kids' office. Mm-hmm. So we would go there for maybe four to five hours daily, and we would just work on whatever task they wanted us to work on, which was mainly data entry. And then we did like administer research questionnaires for a day or two, but not that long. Mm-hmm. But... um it was kind of hard to do the day-to-day tasks because um, the internet access was a little tough and we didn't have, you know, the software necessary for data entry. Hmm. So we had to, like, manually enter the data. So that's what took a while. But then after we finished that, we could just leave and go and enjoy the island. So that was nice. I would say I had a good mix of the research part and the fun part, maybe mm-hmm. more fun. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember um, that you did for fun while you were, you know, while you had your free time? So it was a lot of beach time or going to the beach, the ocean, like the views are amazing, like the crystal blue water. Mm-hmm. So we were relaxed by the beach, a lot of food, <laughs> like we would go to different places around the island. Um, so that was fun because the food is so tasty and flavorful and fresh. Mm. Um, what else did we do? And then since my friend who went with me, since she was from Jamaica, I spent some time with like her family and her showing me around the island. So it was nice to go with someone who knew Jamaica like, and not just the tourist view of it. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Like, I was able to go to a little over half the parishes with her wow. um, just to explore the island. So that was nice. Nice. Yeah, I was curious about that because, um, you know, Jamaica is a place that people often go to for vacation. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, I guess you hear people talk a lot about the tourist experience of it. But for you, like you were in a slightly different position because you were there for, for research Right. And then you also had someone who is from there. So you got to, you know, kind of like meet their family and, and see more of a local's perspective of things. Um, did you, did you feel like a tourist at all? Or did you feel like, I don't know, <laughs> kind of like you had like an insider scoop in, uh, in a way? Um, um hmm. I'd say I felt a mix of both. Because I went with her, I felt like I got the inside scoop. And because I was there for three months versus, mm-hmm. like, a week for, like, a tourist. So I felt like I got an authentic experience. But I also felt like a tourist in the sense of, what well, I didn't know where I was going. Mm-hmm. But also I stayed, like, they set us up at the University of West Indies campus. Not everyone was there for research. Like, people were there for school, so... There was that, but on the flip side of that, I got to meet people from, like, around the world because different people were studying at UE is what they call it. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, I was basically put up in a dorm, and then, um, my friend Wasselnet was also placed in the dorm. So that kind of gave it like a foreign exchange student type of vibe. Mm, gotcha. But also, I felt comfortable after a while because I was there for so long. Right. Do you remember like coming in? Did you have any sort of expectations of what Jamaica was going to be like? And if so, you know, how did the actual experience of being in Jamaica for that long, how did the, that compare with what your expectations might have been? So I would say, like, I knew because I would be there for an extended time, I was like, okay, I want to learn about the Jamaican culture and just, like, completely immerse myself in everything and also learn about the research since that's what I was there for. Mm-hmm. So I would say those expectations were met. Like, overall, Jamaica is a beautiful island in there. There's a lot to learn and explore. And it definitely took some adjustment because I had never been away from home for mm-hmm. that long. So I expected to be homesick. But overall, I didn't get homesick until the last couple weeks. Oh. But it was nice because... I feel like I gained a sense of independence while I was there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say it met my expectations, maybe even exceeded it, because I guess I really didn't have too many expectations, because I didn't know what to expect from right. this experience. You said you were at the University of the West Indies? Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Is that yeah. Where in Jamaica is that? That's in Kingston, so the capital. Okay. It's nice to stay in, because it was like, it was definitely giving bigger cities than the other one, mm-hmm. the other parishes. So basically everything you were doing was situated around the capital, except for when you were, like, going around and exploring and whatnot? Right, yeah. Okay. So I guess I should mention, like, with this experience, it was thankfully all expenses paid and we got a stipend. Oh, nice. So, like, the School of Public Health set us up at UE like the dorm experience they like paid for our airfare and any fees that we had um so that was nice mm. um, yeah so i was like let me live it up because i won't get this opportunity right <laughs> <laughs> right and all on someone else's dime too yeah that's exactly. nice that's yeah. nice um Oh, yes. I, I thought it was interesting you said you didn't start feeling homesick until basically it was already, like, almost time to go home, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> it seemed like, I don't know, maybe the opposite of what you would expect. Like, uh, you go somewhere, maybe you're homesick at first, but then you get used to it. But then for you, it was kind of like the other way around. Um, I, I just thought that was interesting how that how that happened for you. <laughs> right. No, I was surprised myself. I was like, wait, why am I getting homesick when I'm about to leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did your family or, like, your loved ones have any sort of um, thoughts about you going to Jamaica and for so long? Mm-hmm. They were like, that's a long time. Like, they were, they were supportive, but they were like, be careful because, you know, being, you know, in college, a young woman going to a foreign country, mm-hmm. and this was my first experience. They were just telling me, like, watch out, like, don't get in the car with anybody, like, all these different things. Basically, <laughs> be careful. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, everyone was pretty supportive. I think it helped that it was through my college. So, 
they're like, okay, you're there for research, not just a, a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that helps. Plus, I definitely talk to like my parents maybe a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Not quite every day, which I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So they still had some idea of um, how you were doing. Okay, well, that's good that they were supportive. And I mean, being concerned about your safety is like, that's to be expected, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. In Jamaica, like, obviously, like you said, you're kind of having this mix, this like mix of an experience where you're there for research, but you're also kind of like in this student environment based, you know, due to where you're, you're staying during that time. And then, you know, kind of also maybe having a, a tourist e experience because, you know, you're brand new, you don't know where you're going, you don't know the ropes or anything like that. I'm wondering if, just like as a Black American in Jamaica, if that had any effect on anything. Obviously, I'm sure Jamaicans are very familiar with, like, Americans coming to their country and... um you know, it's not like they never would have seen a black American before. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if that had any any um, impact on your experience being there. I would say it did. Um, I was surprised when I got there, like, how Americanized, like, things were as far as, like, them knowing the culture, the music, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't completely foreign to them. And... Like, just like I embraced, like, their culture while I was there, they would ask me questions about being American. I don't know what was going on in the world, but they were probably asking about that. And, you know, since we all, we look the same as far as, like, black Americans make American, we can't necessarily tell the difference. Mm-hmm. So they would think that I was Jamaican some people and, like, speak Patois. But then I open my mouth and be like, wait, different. <laughs> She's not from here. <laughs> right, because I would look at them like, that was the hardest adjustment, like, understanding Patois, like, them communicating with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, can you, can you slow it down a little bit? <laughs> like, I just felt, um, like, a little out of place in the beginning, but it was cool to see, like, as I stayed there longer and longer, how how more comfortable it felt, like, for understanding them mm-hmm. as they were, you know, communicating with me and having conversation, picked up on a few things. Um, so that was nice, but I feel like it did impact for not a whole lot being American. Like, I would say more so curiosity more than anything. Gotcha. Yeah, well, that's good. I was going to ask um, about if you had learned any Jamaican patois while you were there. Um, it was good that you were able to at least, you know, catch on to more of what people were saying the longer that you stayed there, you know. Um, <laughs> going back to your research, I know you said, you know, you were kind of doing a lot of maybe grunt work, so to speak, <laughs> for, for this project. Um, but do you remember, like, you know, when your time there came to a close, was there, like, anything you're supposed to like present at the end of your time there, like a presentation or like some sort of collection of, you know, the information that you'd gathered, like, what am I trying to say? Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? No, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so like at the very end, before we left in Jamaica, we had to present our findings to the JA kids team. So we did a presentation mm-hmm. and then we also had to do a, 
a paper slash proposal type thing for mm-hmm. the pediatrician we worked with, uh, Dr. Sam's one. So that was our end product for that side. And then we also had responsibilities once we got back home for for the states, for the School of Public Health. Right. Um, because the program didn't end until December. So, like, after I came back, after we came back, we had three months to get stuff together for that. Gotcha. And that end product was a paper, um, writing about just our overall experience. We had to do a panel where everyone from the different sites came together and talked about their experience and the research they conducted. We had to do, let's see, yeah, with a poster, a presentation, and the paper. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, like, to show what you were working on and, and all that. And I can't remember if you said this already, but um, I know you said you started out pursuing nursing and then you realized that you wanted to pursue, like, being a doctor instead. Did your time doing research in Jamaica have any impact on your realization that you wanted to be a doctor? Or is that something you had already, like, decided before you went? Um, I think it was something that I was already thinking about before I went. Mm. But while I was there, I was like, this will look good on, you know, my applied med school, like having that research experience. Like, I knew that much. I knew I would need research experience. So this was probably the first experience I could add to my application. Mm. Um, but I guess because we worked with the pediatrician, like, that gave me a little clarity, like, okay, like, you don't just have to be a pediatrician in office, you can be a researcher, too, and have that job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it, like, swayed me either way. I think I was already headed in that direction. It only added to it. Gotcha. It was like an extra little seed to <laughs> to further plant this tree of you realizing that, you know, switching towards pursuing being a doctor would be a, a more fitting path for you. And you mentioned the the organization that you were like, or like the, the pediatrician you were working with, she represented an organization called JA Kids. Um, I know you weren't really in the field that much, but did you end up interacting with like any children in Jamaica as part of your, you know, the, the work, the research you were doing there? Um, I had a little bit of interaction, like when we did, they call it like the field day where we handed out questionnaires to the parents mm-hmm. and we had things for the kids. So that was only a three day thing. So that was the only time I had interaction with kids, like during the research. Mm-hmm. So not too much. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense uh, based on how you said things were structured while you were there. Um, That's understandable. You already touched on how you really liked the food. Did you have like a favorite dish um, that you remember liking the most while you were there? Let me think. Like I had so much. Like I had all the traditional stuff. Like for breakfast, they had like ackee and saltfish. Yeah. That was really good. There's these cornbread fritters that they had called Festival. Yeah. That was good. And all the seafood, like the red snapper. And I can't remember what other fish I had, but it was so fresh. Oh my goodness. I think about it now. Because <laughs> you can't get that here. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like the oxtail, um, dumpling, so 
much. I don't know if I had a favorite though. Okay. So literally everything was good. Right. It sounds like you liked pretty much everything. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Which is good. I'm a foodie. Yeah. I'm a foodie, so I love any food. But yeah. This food was top cute. Awesome. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, obviously we can get Jamaican food here, but, um, you know, if the Jamaican food you're able to find here is good, it would probably make sense that the food in Jamaica itself is even better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good. I'm glad that you um, had a lot of foods that you really enjoyed. Um, speaking of food, Something I am just per- personally curious about is how you being a baker fits into all this. Like, how did, what is it called? Cakes by the pound, right? Like, how did that come about? Um, so this came about in the pandemic. This is like 2020. Um, after I, I was done with my post back, I was applying, in the middle of applying to med school. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why not? Because I had been thinking about starting a cake business before but having that extra time and space just gave me the jump start to do that Mm -hmm. um but I first started just baking for family and then like through word of mouth I would get other people who wanted you know a cake that I baked so that's how it started and to this day like I of course don't bake as much because of school but whenever I get the chance to I'm there I was just baking last week. It's like it's like therapy and peace to me. So yeah, to I'm I'm totally there with you on that because I I like to cook and bake, um, not professionally like you, but <laughs> I've always seen um, cooking and baking as like arts and crafts in a way. You like you get to do this fun project and try something new. You get to make something with your hands, and then you get the the added gratification like the instant gratification of eating it when it's done um maybe not instant for you because you have to like give the things that you make or sell the things that you make to other people but (laughs) um yeah i can understand you driving a sense of peace from from doing that for sure and is that something that you is it is it similar to you know you being good with children is baking something that's always been a part of your life or Actually, no. It was by force. Oh, really? <laughs> My grandmother, she got tired of being the baker of the family, so she's like, I want to pass this gift or whatever, these recipes, to someone in my family. Mm. So she tried with my mom. My mom wasn't really feeling it. Um, my brother picked up a little bit, but it was something that I learned to love. Um, just that experience with her. And then also me loving desserts. I've always loved that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at first I was like, I don't want to do this. It takes too long. <laughs> but I ended up like falling in love with the process, the finished product. This happened around, I think she first, first taught me in like high school mm-hmm. and college. So it's also something I stumbled into. <laughs> Nice. You seem to have some really good luck stumbling into some really great things so far. <laughs> I guess you could you could say that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also um I think it's also really great that your grandma actually wanted to 
like teach her recipes to to you and <laughs> and to other people. I feel like a lot of times in black families, the grandmas or the aunties or you know whatever matriarchal figure is known for cooking or throwing down in the kitchen in any particular family, it's like they want to keep it keep their secrets to themselves, which I understand, I respect. Like, I wouldn't want to give my secrets away either if I had, if my food just, you know, was far and away above everyone else's food. I understand that. But the fact that you, your grandma actually wanted to pass some of those things down, um, I don't know. I just think that's really nice. It seems like <laughs> so often I hear the opposite and the people don't, uh, might not dig up their their grandmas or their auntie's recipes until maybe after they pass away or, you know, whatever. But you got like one-on-one instruction <laughs> pretty early. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. it seems like a really fortunate thing to, to have that um, experience. So good for you. <laughs> I agree. Thinking about your, your time in Jamaica, is there anything I mean, I feel like the answer is probably no. But is there anything that you, like, regret about your time in Jamaica? Or maybe any, like, mistakes that you feel like you made? I wouldn't say I necessarily have regrets. Hmm. But if I could do it over, I would, one, take more pictures and journal my experience. Hmm now eight years later it's fuzzy yeah and i wish i could open up a journal and read about my experiences Mm. like i wrote some stuff down but i wish i documented the journey like throughout the whole trip yeah because i know like i won't get that same experience in that same circumstance again Mm. so i would say if i could do it over i would do that okay that makes sense you know even when you experience something that's so vivid, like mm-hmm. traveling internationally and especially staying in another country for an extended period of time, just like naturally as time goes on, things, like you said, become fuzzy. So um, that would make sense, I guess, just to have that form of documentation, even just so you yourself can reflect and I guess get that nostalgia going. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but um, do you have any advice for someone who would want to, you know, uh, do a program in Jamaica like you did, or just going to Jamaica in general? Would you have any advice for someone interested in doing that? Yeah, I would say if you have the opportunity to study abroad, do it, because it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, especially when you're in college. I think that's the best time to do it, because you like, you learn a lot about not just the culture and the country you're going to, mm-hmm. but you learn about yourself. And I think that's worth experiencing. And for anyone that's interested in going to Jamaica, like I think the best thing you can do is if you can go with someone who knows Jamaica or like who is Jamaican mm-hmm. to get that authentic experience. Not that going as a tourist isn't authentic, but you get a more real picture of the island, the culture, the people, everything, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, you mentioned how, like, one of the benefits of, like, studying abroad is you learn about yourself. What do you feel like you learned about yourself while you were in Jamaica? 
Hmm. I think that that I can survive on my own. <laughs> hmm. As simple as that is, because that was my first time away from home, and I was in this foreign country where I only knew two people there. Hmm. Um, and I had to like cook for myself, do everything for myself. So it was nice to know, okay, if I have to live on my own completely, like I can do this. So it kind of made me grow up in a way, like become more aware and also to step outside my little bubble here in Michigan Yeah, to see that there's a bigger world out there and to just embrace learning a new culture. Like that was a big thing. Cause mm. I've always loved traveling, but that like jump started my love of traveling. Mm. Definitely. So getting that, starting to gain that sense of independence, but also like broadening your awareness of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are both really, really valuable and important things. I'm glad that you gained that. Uh, speaking of your love of travel, are there any other places in the world that you have enjoyed visiting? Mm-hmm. And are there any um, places that you are most looking forward to going to in the future? Yes. So other places I've been to, I was maybe 11 when I went, but it's still like a vivid memory when I got a chance to go to Thailand for three weeks mm. because my dad, like his job took him there. And because he was there for an extended period of time, they flew us out to visit him. Nice. And that was also another like once in a lifetime opportunity. Like it's definitely worth going. Like once again, the culture is so rich. Like just how they do life over there. Like seeing cause they have a king over there in palaces. Mm-hmm. So that really like blew my mind. Seeing these palaces in real life. But so that was an amazing trip. The beaches, everything, food, really good. Um, as far as Future travels, I would love to go to Santorini, Bali, and Dubai. Mm. I just feel like I've seen these beautiful pictures of all of those locations, and I'm like, I want to go. Definitely yeah. dream vacations. <laughs> yeah. But those are on my list. Yeah, all warm climates also, right? It sounds yes. like it. <laughs> yes. My type of environment, <laughs> being from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the cold. Right. You said leave the cold at home. I'm going where yes. it's warm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I hope you do get to go to those places um in the future. Um just a few more questions for you. I know you mentioned that your program to Jamaica was paid for and you also had a stipend. Did you have any advice in terms of like financially making study abroad work or making, you know, day to day life in another country work? Do you have any um, advice um, on like the financial side of things? Um, Definitely budgeting is your friend. While I was there, I don't think I ever like ran out of the stipend, but, you know, sometimes it was pretty close. Because <laughs> I did not budget. I was just like, I'm living my best life. This is all expenses paid, and I'm getting money. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was eating out every day. Mm. <laughs> it was just all bad. So I would recommend, like, budgeting, especially if you get that stipend. But even without it, um, I definitely 
would have done that differently. So that would be my advice, like, you need wisdom about that. But also, like, enjoy your experience. Like, don't hold back as well. Um, just have that balance. Budgeting, also leading your life while you're abroad because you don't get that often. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate that you sharing that advice. And another question I had, again, something I'm personally curious about. You said you started out pursuing nursing, mm-hmm. and then you decide you realized that uh, becoming a pediatrician and going to med school and all that was a better fit for you. Um, I'm curious, like, what the difference would be between like being a pediatric nurse mm-hmm. versus being a pediatrician, a, a doctor. Like, what would the what I guess is the difference between the two to the extent that you would prefer, you know, being on the doctor side of things. Right. Um, I would say like the whole perspective and mindset is different. Like as, like, I guess I can't speak from experience yet, mm-hmm. but from what I've observed, you're involved with decision making from the patient's care. Um, so I like that kind of diagnostic side of things mm. which you can only get from like medicine side um, I guess you could still have the relationship with the patient as a pediatric nurse but I like the idea as a pediatrician like you can see the kid grow up from like potentially three days old all the way to I don't know 18 20 however long you want to see your patient mm. so I just love that long-standing relationship and also the setting of it like as a pediatric nurse I mean you don't have to just work in a hospital but for me like I would want to work in an outpatient setting Hmm. you can be a pediatric nurse in that setting but I think for me the biggest thing is just like the perspective difference between the two Hmm. both are great Um, I think the overall picture for me was purpose-related, like, I could have been fine as a pediatric nurse as far as, like, what I was doing, like, I would have enjoyed it, but deep down, I knew, okay, like, pediatrician is what I really want to do in life, like, as far as purpose, so I think that was a huge difference, like, I don't know if I would have been 100% fulfilled until Mm. I was walking in that purpose. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Um, thanks for explaining that to me, because as I said before, I don't know anything about these things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're on a path that's going to be more fulfilling for you. And um, I'm, I remember when I met you <laughs> last year and, you know, it was either you or Marley mentioned that you were in med school. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so impressive. And so I'm still really impressed by what you're doing. And I hope it continues to to progress um i know it's difficult so i know it's like not an easy thing to do but i just i i think what you're doing is really impressive and i just hope you keep trying to do your best cuz that's that's all you can do obviously <laughs> um but yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah good on good on you and anyone else who's pursuing medicine right now yeah, so I only had one other question for you, but before I ask that, I just wanted to see if there was anything, um, anything I didn't end up touching on that you wanted to share about your time in Jamaica. I will say I have a most memorable moment. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, 
So I guess the theme of my life is something and stuff. Because <laughs> me and my friend who went, um, I don't know if she knew the person, but anyway, we got invited to this pool party in the hills. And I was like, ooh, that sounds fun and empty. So we went, it was like a like a barbecue type thing, I guess we would say. Um, and we got there, little did we know, it was a whole music video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was like, wait, so <laughs> there's this music video, you can see it on YouTube. It's for this artist, his name was Richie Rich, and the song was Summertime. It was a fun song. Um, so if you watch the video, you'll see me in there, me and my friend and then the other girl who invited us there. So that was pretty funny. I was like, I can't believe Wow. <laughs> I just signed up for a pool park. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe you were holding out and didn't mention that story. That's amazing. You so you were in a music video. I'm gonna look that up once we're done recording. <laughs> I was a little I was an extra. We were all extras in the pool, but you see like snapshots of us. <laughs> That is... Because it was like a whole... It was many different scenes in the video, but we were just at the pool. Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. <laughs> you... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, it's wild, actually, <laughs> how that happened, but it was a good time. Like, can't mm-hmm. say that too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to go to a pool party and also be in a music video. That's <laughs> amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm definitely going to look that up now. Thank you for <laughs> mentioning the name and the artist, because I'm definitely going to look that up. That's so cool. It's a good song that you can play today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you had that experience. Thanks for sharing that. Um, <laughs> and again, you stumble in, into some pretty cool things. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's so cool. wasn't expecting that. Um, so my last question, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on that. (laughs) Oh, what are the chances? Wow. (laughs) Oh, anyhow, um, my last question for you is where can people reach you or keep up with you online if you would like them to do so? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram and Facebook. I'm under Marlisa Nicole for Instagram. There's like an underscore between Marlisa and Nicole. Mm. And then if you live in Michigan, my cake website is www.cakesidepound.com. And then I also haven't posted in a while, but I have an inspirational blog if you want to check it out. It's called Letters to a Struggling System. Mm. But those are all my social media stuff. Gotcha. So there's Marlisa Nicole, and then there's Cakes by the Pound, and that's Cakes with with a Z, right? Yes, Cakes with a Z, and then by Pound, because the the isn't there anymore, unfortunately, but on the website, like the website name, but it's CakesByPound.com. Gotcha. And then also your, um, you said Letters to a Struggling Sister is the, the blog? Okay. Yes. Okay, so lots of options for people to see to see what you're up to and also maybe um, patronize your cake business. Yeah, that's so exciting. Well, um, 
Again, I'm really glad that you made time to talk to me today. I'm really glad that I was able to meet you through uh, Marley last year. (laughs) And um, yeah, just being a little candid, I was on hiatus for a year doing this podcast unexpectedly. It wasn't supposed to last that long. So this is my first time interviewing someone in like... (laughs) In over a year, and I was really kind of nervous about it. And um, but I'm really glad that I ended up being able to arrange something with you. And I, I really enjoyed this conversation. So thanks for for being my first guest. You know, back back in the habit and everything. <laughs> I enjoyed this. It was fun to relive this experience. But I haven't talked about it in a while. So mm-hmm. thank you for inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, you're very welcome. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm really glad to hear it. Now I'm going to let you go. I hope you have a great evening and everything. And I really do appreciate this. So thank you again. Thank you again. Hopefully we can chat me side of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. So you take care, okay? All right. You too. All right. Talk All right. to you later. All right. Bye, Marlisa. Bye. <laughs> All right, y'all, there it is. Thanks to Marlisa for being such a wonderful guest, and I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook, and at YG Abroad on Twitter. And don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to Young Gifted and Abroad wherever podcasts are. And you're welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you leave ratings and reviews. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for the next episode... Um, In case you didn't catch it, when I announced it on our fifth anniversary, Young Gifted and Abroad is on a monthly release schedule for the time being, with episodes coming out on the 19th of each month. And the guest for the next episode has yet to be decided. But assuming all goes according to plan, you can look forward to hearing a brand new episode with another new person with fascinating study abroad experiences to share next month on august 19th but until then thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time